A centipede has between 14 and 177 pairs of legs. The constellation Centaurus in the southern sky is comprised of 11 main stars and 281 stars total. Today is our centissimus episode, as there have been exactly 100. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Growing up, my family did several lengthy canoe trips in Algonquin Provincial Park in Ontario, Canada. Day after day, we would pack up, paddle, unpack, and portage, ad infinitum, until we lost count of moose, lost track of the days of the week, and lost touch with all humans but for our family of four. Once in the depth of the forests, lakes, and rivers of that wild landscape, there would be one night when we would scamper out to the pond's edge as the sun disappeared over the horizon to watch the show begin. Huddled there together, we would watch quietly as the sky darkened and the first stars became apparent. Evidently, on one such evening, wee little Joey was so tuckered out from a long day in the backcountry that I couldn't keep my eyes open. I promptly slumped over against my mom and fell asleep to the sound of loons, the splash of trout, and the gentle murmurings of my family reflecting on the day. I was so fast asleep, in fact, that I didn't even notice a big bullfrog leap haphazardly upon my face, nor did I notice the resulting raucous laughter of my parents and brother. And so, during these wilderness sojourns, I never did get to see the grand show and the topic of today's feature, meteor showers. Night in the northern tier comes much earlier in the winter than in the summer. For an added bonus, during our colder months, we also happen to have the best shot at getting crystal clear skies thanks to the lower humidity. This week, in fact, you can watch the Geminid meteor shower at a conveniently early time and revel in the abundance of earth grazers, or meteors that barely enter our atmosphere at a very shallow angle and create notably long, bright, colorful tails as a result. Let's get one thing straight. So-called shooting stars don't exist. A meteor, as they are more accurately called, is not a star, but a little bit of space junk that has the misfortune of zipping through the atmosphere. Take a moment and drag your hand through the air. Feel that? That gentle waft of air you feel is actually the friction between your skin and the air molecules. Speed that up to 35,000 miles per hour, the speed of a geminid meteor, And all of a sudden, that friction becomes so great that it will cause a flash of light, a ball of flame, and then nothing. Poof. That's what happens to a meteor when its path crosses that of the Earth. It incinerates, making a star-like burst of light. Most meteors are caused by little bits and bobs of cosmic debris approximately the size of grains of sand or a marble. In the case of the upcoming Geminids, this debris comes from an odd blue asteroid called 3200 Phaethon. Because of the size of the cloud of debris, we will be in the cloud for several days, with the night between December 13th and 14th being its peak. Look for most of the activity in the western sky near the constellation Gemini, or just above Orion. The best time to view the show is in the darkest hours before sunrise, because at that time, our side of the planet is at the leading edge heading into the debris cloud. That said, you can still see a good show in the evening if you cringe at the thought of a casual 4.30am wake-up for some sky-watching. Just after dark on the 13th will be the time when there is the highest chance of seeing Earth grazers. The moon will be unfortunately bright for this show, 
but those bright earth grazers might still streak clear and bright through the moon's glare. If you do head out to see the meteor shower later this week, you could bring a kid with you. Sure, sometimes the wee ones fall asleep, but you might just spark an interest that can lead to a life passion for the night sky. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for our 101st episode of The Nature of Phenology.